Oh man, 1-4 and four never felt so good. Sam Darnold is back, the Jets beat the Cowboys, and all of a sudden the future is looking a little bit brighter. We're talking about that and more on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest, I am a Contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchog. Alrighty, nice job with the free music. As always, YouTube, you're listening to the Brandon Cotton's Jets Podcast on SB Nation, episode 9 of my first ever sports podcast, where we'll keep it simple, we'll keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I'll just put it in another podcast. But oh, what a difference a win makes. And I, I, I want to go back because I'm not sure how many people got a chance to hear this. But Saturday morning, I recorded a quick podcast just to kind of check in because I was, was away for a couple of weeks. And I wanted to just, you know, let everybody know I was back and comment on the Jets coming up against the Dallas Cowboys. And I said this. This is a guy that, that was viewed as a can't-miss quarterback, wasn't a reach when the Jets took him. It's not crazy to think it's possible that he actually is a magic wand and can hide all their deficiencies. That was Saturday morning, and so most of my podcasts about the Jets so far this year have been negative, and rightfully so, because the team has been awful, and they've been disappointing, and Sam Darnold has been hurt, and the, the coaching has been horrific, and the offensive line has been brutal, and the defense has been disappointing, and the secondary is awful. There's been nothing to get excited about. The, the, the offense was historically bad without Sam Darnold, but with Darnold coming back, it presented some hope. It presented some excitement about the season for the first time since week one against the Buffalo Bills. And it presented the opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe this team isn't as bad as we thought. Maybe Sam Darnold could come back and be that quarterback that everybody thought he was coming out of the draft and going into this year and year two of his NFL career. Maybe Sam Darnold could hide some of these deficiencies. Maybe he could be a magic one. And you know what? Maybe those expectations were a little bit too high. Maybe coming back after missing those games from mononucleosis, maybe we shouldn't have thought that that could be a possibility, that Sam Darnold could come back and be a magic wand and wave it and just make all of a sudden make everybody look better. But you know what? It worked. Sam Darnold came back, and the team played better as a whole. It wasn't just the quarterback play was improved. It wasn't just that the offense looked better, the offensive line or the playmakers, the wide receivers, the running backs. The entire team, the coaching staff looked better. The defense looked better. The secondary looked better. The entire New York Jet team looked better because Sam Darnold was under center and playing quarterback for this team. The team went from looking incompetent and hopeless to competent and hopeful and looking like a potential playoff team. Not that I think they're going to make the playoffs because I don't. I, I don't expect that type of run from the Jets right now. But they looked like the team that we hoped they were in the offseason. They looked like the team that we thought they were going to take that next step and and move towards becoming a potential playoff team. That's how they played on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. And it, it almost, plugging Sam Darnold in, it almost it, it had the feel of like the way the Cavaliers used to look when LeBron James played versus when LeBron James did not play. It was a they were a sixty win team when LeBron James was playing it for them, and they were a sixty loss team when LeBron James was 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 gone. And that's how bad the Jets were the last couple of weeks. Yet that's how great they looked on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, and it was just from plugging in that one player. And you don't necessarily see that very often in, in the National Football League. You you see it with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You, you saw it with the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. You never saw it from a new, the New York Jets and one of their quarterbacks. When Mark Sanchez wasn't playing quarterback for the New York Jets, they were fine with Mark Brunel or Kellen Clemens. Maybe they were not as good as when Sanchez was playing, but they didn't go from being a Super Bowl contending team to a completely incompetent team the way the Jets have been this year with, uh, with Darnold on the shelf. But you know what? He's back. 
the team looked great with him back. It was a very surprising win. It was uh, a pleasant Sunday late afternoon for uh, for all New York Jet fans. And now we move forward and see how good this team could could get. And there's no bigger test than next week against the New England Patriots. But with this Cowboys game, there were a couple of eye-opening moments, a couple of plays that made you say, you know what, Sam Darnold is a legitimate franchise quarterback, and it happened on more than one occasion in this game against the Cowboys. Obviously, the 92-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson was one of those where it's, it's something that I didn't know if I was going to ever see with an Adam Gase coached offense. I, certainly, you weren't going to get it from Luke Falk and the ineptitude of the, the way the offense looked the first few weeks of this season, but you got it here in this game, and it uh, electrified the crowd. Play action, drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it at the 50, at the 40. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. 10, 5, touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards, and the Jets have widened their lead. But for me, the moment of remembering how good Sam Darnold could be came on their first scoring drive of the game. And it was when they were around midfield, it was third down. Darnold is scrambling around in the pocket a little bit. He steps up and he finds Jameson Crowder for 24 yards down the field. And that was the moment where that's that's a play that you weren't seeing from Luke Falk. That's a, a play that we're not used to seeing as Jet fans from our quarterback. That's a play that usually on third down there when you're scrambling around, odds are you're not going to find anybody and it's going to be fourth down and you're going to punt. But Darnold steps up. He finds Crowder for 24 yards, and right then I was like, you know what? I forgot how good Darnold is. And maybe he is that magic wand that could hide all the deficiencies and make this team look look a lot better than it has and, and look a lot better than it is. And here's the challenge now. The challenge for the New York Jet organization is to be able to protect and develop Sam Darnold as a franchise quarterback because he has all the tools. He has the skill is there for Darnold to become a top 10 quarterback in the league. He's far from it right now, but the tools are all there. That that potential is there. And this goes back to something that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, a couple of podcasts ago. I don't remember if it was episode five or six, but I was talking about the fact that Sam Darnold has that potential. He has that ability to be a franchise quarterback. And I was talking about the fact that it is up to, it's, it's often up to the organization to draft a quarterback and develop them into that franchise quarterback because they almost all have the tools. If you're drafted in the first round, the tools, the talent, the skills are there to be a franchise quarterback. And we're seeing it with we're seeing it with quarterbacks that are drafted in the third round, in the sixth round, quarterbacks that go undrafted, that they could become franchise quarterbacks because I think the bottom line is all these guys have they have the arm strength, you know, they, they most of them have the talent of being of being accurate enough to become a big time quarterback. Most of them have all those tools. Most of them want to work hard. Most of them do work hard. You know, if, if they don't turn out to becoming a, a franchise quarterback, it's not necessarily because they didn't work hard enough. For some of them, that might be the case. But for a lot of them, it's not necessarily the case. For a lot of them, they don't become franchise quarterbacks because they weren't developed properly by the organization. And the Jets have had... It's not that the Jets haven't drafted guys that are talented enough to become big-time QBs. It's that they haven't developed them into those big-time quarterbacks. If Mark Sanchez was drafted by the New England Patriots, I have no doubt that he could have been a 10-year a uh, guy that, that takes a team to 
not maybe not every single year to the playoffs, but consistently has them in competition to become a playoff team. But he was drafted by the New York Jets, and they weren't able to protect and develop him into becoming that franchise QB. But the reason why I'm bringing this up again a couple of weeks later is because I just I saw recently that there was an article by Albert Breer with SI. Uh, the, this came out last week talking about a similar thing. Uh, and there was a quote from Joey Harrington. Joey Harrington, who was drafted third overall by the Detroit Lions in 2002, I believe it was. And Harrington was not protected by the Lions, and he was not developed by the Lions, and he turned into what you would now consider to have been a bust. Yet Harrington, he probably sees the, you know Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round and still playing and seeing him drafted by the New England Patriots, and they protected him, and they developed him, and he became a franchise quarterback with that team. And he's probably wondering, you know, what would have happened to Joey Harrington if he was not drafted by the Lions and he was drafted by the Steelers or he was drafted by the Patriots or he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts or, or a franchise that had historically been able to develop quarterbacks and instead he was drafted by the Detroit Lions. But what Joey Harrington said in this article, was he said there's 50 guys who can make every single throw, can make every single read, can do everything necessary to be an NFL quarterback and circumstances determine the trajectory of their career. And that's what I'm saying with Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. The talent is there. The skills are there. But are the Jets an organization that has the ability to harness those skills and to develop those skills and to keep him healthy and turn him into a franchise quarterback for the next 10 or 15 years? I'm sure Darnold has the tools. I'm not sure the Jets have that ability to develop Darnold and and keep him here as their franchise QB going forward. That's what's yet to be determined in my mind, and that's what's going to have to play out over the next few years. Let's take a quick break here on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast. We're back right after this. All right, and we're back with the Brandon Contest Jets podcast, and back to the Cowboys game specifically. One of the most amazing things with Darnold being back is not only how, how much the offense looked improved and looked competent, but, but how the entire team looked better. And, you know, you expect you expect the wide receivers to look better. You expect the offensive line to be improved, which the offensive line was significantly better against the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys, let's not forget that they have they have Robert Quinn, they have Demarcus Lawrence. It's not like they don't have pass rushers. And it was also good to see that Darnold was able to take a couple of hits. He took a big hit from Quinn in the backfield. He had that horse collar penalty, so we saw that Darnold could take a couple of hits, and we saw that he was able to move around pretty well with the extra padding also that he had to protect his back and to protect his spleen. Uh, so that was a, a very positive sign. But it was amazing how much better the defense looked. And the defensive line, which is something we talked about on the last podcast, we wanted to see improvement from the defensive line. And while they only got one sack in the game and they gave up 100 yards rushing to Ezekiel Elliott, the D-line was definitely improved. They were in the backfield a lot. They put a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott. A lot of that, those 100 yards from Ezekiel Elliott, they came in the second half when the defense looked a little bit worn down, which is, is certainly that's a, a bit of a knock on them because it, it's not like the, the offense just had three and out, three and out, three and out, but the defense definitely took a step back in the second half. You, you chalk that up to some adjustments made by the Dallas Cowboys. You chalk that up to some wearing down throughout the game by the New York Jets, but I think the, the de defensive line, the biggest thing also was the improvement by the secondary, which you you got to credit a bit to the D-line being able to put pressure on Dak Prescott and not allow these wide receivers from the Cowboys to have all the time in the world to run around. And while the Jets' secondary is certainly below average, the one thing you can't do is 
if they are covering somebody, you better you better put pressure on the quarterback because you can't just sit there and wait for the wide receivers to have the opportunity to uh, to make a play and break free from the secondary because it's bound to happen that the Jets' corners are going to lose coverage on a wide receiver. But if you're putting pressure on the quarterback and you're not giving him all the time in the world, then you're making the job a little bit easier on the secondary. And I think that's one of the big things that happened on Sunday and one of the big reasons why the secondary looked improved against the Dallas Cowboys. But the most encouraging thing from the Jets' defense was their ability to prevent the Cowboys from coming all the way back because it looked like a defense that was about to collapse. It looked like a defense that was about to blow a lead similarly to week one when the Jets were up 16-0 and they blew the game and lost to the Buffalo Bills. You thought that might be the case here against the Dallas Cowboys. And the defense gave up points to the Cowboys nearly every possession in the second half except for the one possession where they got the ball back after Sam Darnold threw the red zone interception uh the Cowboys are driving and they miss a 39 yard field goal other than that I think they gave up a they gave up points on every possession from the the Cowboys in the second half and even up 24 to 16 in the late in the fourth quarter with just a couple minutes to go here they are the Cowboys are marching down the field the referees are doing everything they can to help the Cowboys get in the end zone so I, I'm almost I'm almost going to give the defense a little bit of a pass on that drive. Yes, they gave up the touchdown to for to let the Cowboys back 24 to 22, but six consecutive plays the referees called a defensive penalty on the New York Jets. Six consecutive plays. And yes, it led to a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys. But what I loved is that it did not stop the Jet defense from playing aggressive on the two-point conversion attempt by the Cowboys. It, the All those penalties from the referees didn't stop them from playing physical on that two-point conversion. And we saw Jamal Adams go in and put pressure on Dak Prescott, and we saw Marcus May play Jason Witten tough. Maybe some people thought there was a penalty on that play. Some people didn't. But you know what? After six straight penalties from the referees to let the Cowboys into the end zone, they deserve to let the Jets get away with a little bit on that two-point conversion. And it was the two safeties from the New York Jets that came through on the two-point conversion. Arguably the two best, obviously Jamal Adams, the best defensive player on this Jet team right now. And Marcus May, when he's healthy, might be the second best player on the Jets team defensively right now. But it was those two guys. It was Adams and it was May that came through, came up big, and saved this win for the New York Jets. Something that we are not used to seeing from this Jets defense. As much as we're not used to seeing good quarterback play like he got from Sam Darnold yesterday, as much as you're not used to seeing a guy that looks like he's going to be a franchise quarterback for your team for maybe the next 10-15 years, you're also not used to seeing the Jet defense come up big late and it did on Sunday against the Cowboys. It did on that two-point conversion. They came up big, and it sealed the win for the New York Jets in what was a fantastic victory, a surprising victory, and now all of a sudden it's got everybody giddy. It's got me a little bit giddy. It's got me excited for the future, excited for the rest of the season. It's a little bit of optimism building now towards what will soon become the lighter, the softer part of the Jets' schedule. But first, got to get through the New England Patriots on Monday night next week. And if they could somehow beat, if they could somehow beat the New England Patriots, I, I mean, you know, everything would just be thrown out the window and you'd be looking at this like a, a playoff team. I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're good enough to beat the Patriots on Monday night football. Uh, I still look at this now as as maybe a team that's... The, the schedule gets soft. There's there's no doubt about it. We could We could go through the... Classic sports radio, Mike and the Mad Dog win-loss game for the rest of the schedule. All right, that's a win. Okay, that's a loss. All right, that's a win. 
But the bottom line is you got the Dolphins twice. You got the Jaguars. You got the Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, the Steelers even. There are a good amount of winnable games left on the the Jets' schedule once we get past the New England Patriots on Monday night. And there's no reason why you can't expect, and I don't expect them to be a playoff team. I'm not going to go that far. But to think that they can't compete maybe to get towards 500, you know, maybe 7-9, and nine, is certainly on the table for the Jets. If if Darnold is healthy for the rest of the season, that's that's certainly a reasonable expectation. Seven and nine, eight and eight, and I got to be confident that the that the offensive line is actually improved and can actually protect Sam Darnold and keep him upright for the rest of the season. Because I'm still not confident of that. I, I my biggest concern right now is will Sam Darnold play every single game for the rest of the way this year for the Jets? But if he does, there are absolutely games to be won for this team. Uh, but first, no bigger test than the New England Patriots on Monday. And the Patriots, who at 6-0 and right now, they, they, they pretty much have home field locked up. They have a two-game lead over the next best team. And who is the next best team? Is the next best team the Chiefs, who have, have lost now two consecutive home games? Is the next best team the, the Ravens or, or the Colts or the, the Buffalo Bills even? I, I'm, I'm really They have the next best record. I'm really not sure who the next best team is. But what I am absolutely positive of is that the New England Patriots will have home field advantage. Once, once again, they'll have the bye. They'll have home field. Go and probably get back to the Super Bowl uh, because there's there's doesn't seem like there's another team that's going to be able to challenge them. But for at least one night, next Monday night, the New York Jets will have the opportunity to challenge them, to challenge the New England Patriots, and maybe build off this high that all New York Jet fans have right now after they uh, surprisingly defeated the Dallas Cowboys and Sam Darnold looked fantastic in doing so. Thanks for listening to Episode 9 of the Brandon Contest Jets Podcast on SB Nation. Big up!